Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I am so happy to have you here today. And I have Becky Allen with me. I have to tell you guys, I just finished the interview with her. And I had goosebumps almost the entire time she was talking. Her ability to share really hard things that she's been through in life, her mission, her passion, her heart is just absolutely fantastic. Her ability to really pay attention day to day to pick up on things, to reframe things is unlike anyone I have truly ever met. I am so thankful for the opportunity to sit down with Becky and I know that you are going to love to hear from her. Hi Becky, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we were able to sit down together today and spend some time. We've been working on this for, I feel like it's been a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. We we haven't we've had a commitment. I mean, we can't we can't fault ourselves for that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but it's, I'm just so excited that it has been able to work out now. So I'm wondering, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, my name is Becky Allen. I live just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, I have two kids. Dawson is ten, and Lainey is five. And uh, I operate my own business. It's kind of new to me. It's all entities and things that I've done sort of throughout my life, but it's all under one element now of Win the Day Productions, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing where you live. I'm trying to think, Madison, is that like in the middle of the state or where? It's like South Central. South Central. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you always lived there though? You don't have much of like an accent. (laughs) That's good. I'm very aware of that. Are you? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yes, I've always lived here. I grew up here, um, went away for college, and um, when Darren and I were married, the first like year of marriage, we were like in the area, but um, then our families are here, my parents are here, my brothers are here, so uh, moved back and love it. Really happy with it. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. So, um, you know, I had talked with you about being on the podcast, and I think that I was trying to think back to... I know that I we met like for like literally two seconds. I think it was probably like seven, eight years ago. I don't know. That seems really wild, but I think it might have been. I think it was in Texas. We were at like um, a business convention, and mm-hmm. I was with my friends Don and Jess, and they and they knew you and your husband, and said hi mm-hmm. real quick. And then you know we were going our separate ways. But um, after that, at that point we must have became Facebook friends. And then I was able to kind of follow your journey um, with you and your family these last couple of years and um, Mm. with Darren and just really thought it's been so beautiful, truly to see how you have navigated these last couple of years. And I just know that the listeners will benefit so much from, from hearing you share your heart and share your mission. And um, you just do, you just do that in such an eloquent way. And so I'm wondering, can you share, you know, what's kind of been going on for your family these last couple of years and, about that journey? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would uh, be happy to. So life was pretty normal. You know, previously, you know, it was about three years ago when things started to become undone. Uh, but but before that, um, my husband and I had our own business together. Uh, we did uh, health and wellness coaching and he was a personal trainer as a graphic designer too. So we kind of wore a few different hats, but uh, we got to work together a lot, which was great. And so we spent a ton of time together um, both were able to be work from home parents, which was great. Uh, Darren and I actually grew up together. We met like in grade school. So I've known him and his family for a really long time. And um, our friendship began when we were young and kind of continued on and um, was just so fortunate to like live the life that uh, we found ourselves in. And kind of a precursor to the last three years, I feel like that's important to share is um I have two children, like I shared earlier, and after we'd had our first, we were trying to have a second, and we were having a lot of difficulties with that, and it's really, uh, infertility is no joke, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think a lot of people talk about that. It's becoming more of an open topic, but 
it's really a very isolating feeling and it can really mess with your mental state, just the constant counting and cycling. And so I was kind of stuck in that. And um, it was spring of, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago or something like that. I had had a miscarriage that had gone um, undetected or it wasn't followed up properly. And I didn't know any better, unfortunately, now I do. And uh, the cells continue to grow. And late that summer, about three or four months later after the miscarriage, I woke up with an excruciating pain and I had no idea what was going on. Really scary, went to the emergency room. Um, They ran a bunch of tests and confirmed that I'd actually had um, one of my tubes ruptured and that there was cells left over from the miscarriage that just continued to reproduce and and grow into just an ugly mass and had ruptured my tube. And so I had to have emergency surgery to have that removed. And a couple days later, I was at home recovering and got a call from a doctor on a Saturday afternoon, which is never a good sign. And they had actually tested the mass that they had removed and it came back as cancer. And so I was, I think, 25 or 26 at the time and completely shocked. I was a relatively healthy person. And I was had to go under, I think, maybe like six or seven rounds of chemotherapy. And so I, I say that because at the time, I mean, everybody was shocked. Like I was young and healthy and it didn't make any sense. But what, looking back now, almost, you know, eight or nine years later, that really shifted something in me of just this attitude and perspective and posture of really taking in each moment of every day. And that became something for Darren and I both that was really important to just really be in the moment, I guess, and not take anything for granted. And so we didn't have a crazy extravagant life, but the simple things that we did have, we really appreciated and did not take for granted. So we had a little bit of naiveness to us, which everybody kind of does, and that shook a little bit of, of it, of course, but I feel like that really grounded us in a perspective that shaped our family forming and as in the early years of our marriage. And so after that, um, life resumed as, as normal as possible um, and went on. But like I said, about three years ago is really when things started to become undone for us. And it was right after Thanksgiving and Darren was having a ton of really bad back pain and he likes to lift and lift heavy. And so it's not uncommon for him to throw out his back every once in a while. And so we just thought that's what it was. And so he's going to the chiropractor and taking it easy. And there was really not much improvement. In fact, it continued to, even with taking time away and going to the chiropractor and letting his body mend, it was getting worse and worse and worse. And so I had kind of taken on a salty attitude through the holidays because he spent most of the holidays on the couch, you know? So as a mom, you're running around getting all the presents wrapped and everything. And it was just kind of madness. But Um, he ended up going into the doctor the beginning of January because they're like, we've got to get this pain under control. Like, what is going on? And so he went to the doctor actually by himself because I uh, was working from home that day and had a couple appointments set up. And we were pretty certain based off of the conversation he had with the doctor that it was going to be his gallbladder was the issue. And simple surgery, take it out, little modified diet for the rest of your life, no big deal. So he went in to go get an ultrasound to confirm that that indeed was the issue. And then we'd move on with the rest of the procedure. And I was at home that day and I thought he was going to be home far earlier than he was. The point was taking a really long time. And I was getting a little bit impatient because I had the kids home with me and I was trying to work, which meant I was doing nothing well. (laughs) And uh, I got a phone call from Darren and kind of answered it a little bit like, okay, what's going on? Where are you supposed to be home? To which he very somberly replied, um, not my gallbladder they think I have testicular cancer or Hodgkin's lymphoma and I mean everything kind of went into slow motion then and again Darren personal trainer he was like 31 at the time maybe uh and healthy it it didn't make any sense I mean of all the people in my life I've ever met he would be the last guy I would expect to have a prognosis even thrown in the air at him about this so I immediately left what I was doing, had the neighbor come over, watch the kids, took off to go meet him and got to the clinic just as he was walking out. And he got into the car and his phone rang immediately. And it was the doctor calling to say that it indeed was testicular cancer and that it was, it was staged pretty um, far along. 
so we spent the rest of that day in scans and appointments and uh, to confirm that he did indeed have stage four testicular cancer. And that was the start of our entire world being completely flipped and turned upside down. I mean, the doctor's appointments, the blood draws, the chemo, the scans, the limbo, a lot of, of, of sitting in ambiguity, just what are we doing? Uh, and was really just had to let go of our plans that we had had for our business, for our family, for us individually and together, and really focus in on this treatment plan. Um, testicular cancer is typically a pretty beatable cancer, but because it was staged so far and it's spread to his lymph nodes, his liver, and his lungs at that time, it was definitely trickier to treat. Uh, and, and later on, um, even eventually said, spread to his brain. And so the, the care plan just kept getting more and more complicated. And his testicular cancer has one of the oldest and truest kind of um, untampered treatment plans because it's worked and had such a high success rate. They haven't tried a lot of different ways, but it's one of the most aggressive chemotherapy um, treatment plans that there is. And I mean, he definitely wore the difficulties of that. Um, and so he was in treatment for about four or five months and we got a little bit of a lift and thought things were pretty much cleared up. And he went back in six weeks later to check on that and, and it, and it had returned and it was back with a vengeance. That's when it was in, when it's in his brain then too. And so tried stem cell, um, therapy, radiation, more chemo, different types of things. And still it just, it just wouldn't, it was just really aggressive. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't retreat with, with all of our efforts. And so we battled for about a year and a half. And towards the end, once traditional medicine had kind of run out of options for us, we did try some alternative therapies which were great. Um, I wish we would have had the courage to step out a little bit earlier to pursue those. But at the time we were going with what we knew or what we thought we knew. And it just was too much for, for his body to take. And so unfortunately passed away um, about a year and a half. It'll be two years in March. Two years already. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for talking us through that truly mm -hmm. and for yeah. sharing that. You know, I, I know that I had heard your journey before but until you retold your part of it I, I didn't I, I guess I didn't pair them together if that makes sense so you guys had mm -hmm. been through this once for mm -hmm. you and then life resumes and then Darren gets his diagnosis and what mm -hmm. an, an up and down and, and back and forth and my goodness how hard truly it was so ironic or, or just like deja vu because we were sitting in the same waiting rooms, oh. you know, we were sitting in the same hospital. We were pulling into the same parking ramp. We were having the same type of, um, blood work done. Um, and so a lot of it was really oddly familiar. And I just remember thinking when I was diagnosed, um, in 2011, I remember thinking, thank God it's me and not Darren. Cause I don't know what I would do without Darren. Like he, he was just such a pillar and a rock for our family. And so, I couldn't imagine my life without him. And I remember thinking like, at least it's me, you know, um, little did I know that man, that story would be flipped on its head, but it, it was bizarre. The parallel pieces that we had in our story, but it also made some of these things feel not as scary because they were sure. literally rooms we had been in before. Yeah. That a hundred percent makes sense. I don't know mm -hmm. if, um, I have shared this part with you or not, but my, um, sister actually lost her husband to non-Hodgkin's mm -hmm. lymphoma and, um, oh, he was around, sorry. he was around Darren's age as well. And so it, it, obviously my loss of experience is not anything like losing your spouse. I want to be really, really clear with that, but I will say it takes me back to those moments too, and trying to be supportive for them and just knowing how hard that is on everyone involved. And so I would imagine yeah, some like you know, some type of familiar feeling in some way, even if um, not necessarily ideal, would have been some comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in, in an odd way, it, it, it was. So who would have thought? I mean, certainly not us, but 
um, there was some familiarity there that took sort of some of the harsh blows, not quite as, you know, didn't knock the wind out of you quite as bad, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and as I, um, you know, watched from afar through your journey, one thing that I thought over and over and over again is I have never seen a life, one person, touch so many lives like Darren did. I didn't even mm-hmm. know him, you know. <laughs> I mean, I met you guys yeah. once. And, mm-hmm. I, like, the impact that he and you had had on my life and that I saw, I mean, thousands, Becky, thousands of people you know, that were writing messages that were supporting you guys. I've, I've truly never seen that type of impact that someone has had on life and, and so on other people's lives. So I'm wondering, because of how he lived his life, what type of legacy did Darren leave for you and the kids? Mm, great question. Well, Darren knew no stranger, and I always joked that he always – I always joked with him that he was in a parade because everywhere we went, he was waving – talking to people, shaking and like shaking hands. And there was no place we ever went where we just literally went in to do the one thing we had to do and leave, or we would ever just drive from A to B. It was just like a parade. It was ridiculous. It was like a little circus. So I always joked about that, but he just knew no stranger. I mean, he, he, he had an ability to make people feel known uh, in, within a five minute conversation. And I think because of his impact like that, that he had on people, it, made an impression that never really left them. And so that speaks to just the type of person that he was and how he left his life. But one of the things that, um, you know, Darren was a big, a big thinker, a big dreamer, and he was always like decades ahead of himself uh, and talking about just funny little quirky things that he was going to do. I know he wanted to live till he was like 114 years old. That was his plan. And (laughs) talking about, just different things like that. He was just like literally decades ahead. And so he was very goal oriented, obviously personal trainer, most are, and very driven, especially owning your own business. He was very, very goal oriented. And so once this diagnosis came on him, every day was so different. I don't know if you walked through some, well, you, yeah, your brother-in-law through cancer, it, it, the ebbs and flows are completely unpredictable, which just makes life really tricky because you can't hardly plan anything because it changes so fast. Yes. And so that was one thing that was really frustrating to Darren is trying to gauge how he was going to feel or what he was going to be able to accomplish that day. And especially being in direct contrast with sort of his MO of, of just kind of all in and go. So, he was, we're, we have a very strong faith that was like a huge reason we were able to, you know, even make it through a storm like this still standing on the other side. But he really felt like God spoke over him, um, win the day. So it was surrender the outcome of what tomorrow looks like. You've got, you woke up this morning, you've got 24 hours and that is where your focus lies. And so your job is to win this day and winning is going to look completely different for you throughout every step of this journey. So some days winning for him was getting up and taking a shower or walking around the block or working or working out or being able to live a relatively normal life. Everything was completely different. And so to just daily assess or even hourly assess, you know, what does a win look like for me right now or today and let go of what I thought it was going to and really surrender all expectations and just kind of be, be here now. And so that was something that really resonated with Aaron, obviously, and then he really created sort of a channel avenue platform on that, which resonated with so many people because we live in a busy culture. We're thinking steps ahead or we're not necessarily thinking in the moment and how can I be here right now in this moment and what does it look for me to really give my best right now and and to work towards my best self today how can that be achieved and so that really spoke to people and started to move people and so it's interesting because you asked about legacy and Darren and I owned our own business together and I was certain that that was the legacy that he left for me and the kids residual income with a team of wonderful people that I had the opportunity to surround myself with and I was able to be a, a work from home mom and to be present to our kids. Um, 
as a single a single parent. And that that I thought, man, what a legacy to leave, you know, to financially care for your family for years and years and years. And, you know, about six months ago, not even four months ago, um, that business was taken away from our family. It was it was um, a mandatory pay restructure for that company. And so this legacy that I had thought was left for me and the kids was eliminated. And that was honestly such a bizarre feeling because in some ways, obviously it was really hard to have something that he built that I was thinking was a legacy for me and the kids be taken away. But in so many ways, it really was a gift for me because that business Darren started and I joined him. But my passions didn't lie there. My passions lied in supporting him and seeing him be successful and equipping him and supporting him through that. So on my own, it didn't feel the same. And I would have never walked away from that. But but when I had to, because there was nothing to keep me there to stay, I thought, well, now what? And so this win the day legacy was left there. And, and as I've processed that over the last six months, and I'll, I can share a little bit about more about the evolution of that, but that is his legacy for me and the kids. It's, it's an attitude. It's a posture that he's left. It's a um, lens on life. And it's not about Darren. It's, it's a, it's a personal connection to yourself and, and to your days and, and the lens and the, the perspective you want to take on your life, you know, it's not about, it's not about what would Darren do, but it's about what would you do? And it's about transferring that to other people and helping other people realize that we got 24 hours and it's, it's our responsibility to, to really make the most of that. And so I feel like that is a legacy that can be built into something far greater than I could have ever imagined. Absolutely. The entire time that you were speaking there, I have like literal chills, <laughs> literal chills. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was so beautiful. I know I've told you this before, but you just speak so eloquently and I think just really share your heart in such a beautiful way. And I love that perspective. Um, you know, I do think that it, it is hard. It is hard in these days to, to, to really take a step back sometimes. I mean, our minds work so quickly and there's so much going on. And so to be able to focus on just this day and just this moment, what a gift, truly, what a gift. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, I had a conversation with a friend the other day and uh, I was getting frustrated because I mean, I can fall into some perfectionist tendencies. And one of the biggest lessons the last couple of years I've really been working on is letting go of all expectations. And I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but um the reminder that he gave me was you can't save the world overnight. And so what can you do in pursuit of that today? And that's really helped too, which essentially kind of boils down to that win the day concept, just, you know, dressed up a little bit differently. But I I like that um, simplicity has really been (laughs) a much needed um, and welcomed theme in my life. (laughs) Yes. I love that so much. You know, I'm wondering, can you share a little bit about, win the day and how it's transformed and what it is today? Absolutely. Yes. So like I said, this was something that Darren really it felt like kind of spoke over him and he really grabbed onto, but it also really spread quickly through like our circles of people and then our people's circles of influence and kind of went from there. And uh, we had some dear friends that did a fundraiser for us and they made win the day t-shirts. So put um, the saying on a t-shirt and sold hundreds and hundreds, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say thousands, but maybe it was, I have no idea, but just tons of these t-shirts that people wore and they just like loved them. And everywhere people went, I would get comments from people saying like, I just met somebody here, they want this, or I was at the Denver airport today and I saw someone wearing a Wednesday shirt, or I was on the beach on vacation in Florida and someone walked on the beach and they were wearing a Wednesday shirt. I mean, there was these stories that were just coming out of all over the place and it was really, really neat. And so I remember it'll be about two years ago this January. I think that's true because it was a couple months right before Darren passed. Um, one of my friends um, and her husband, Pam and Rich, I think you know them uh-huh, too, right? Yes. They came to, to, to visit our family and uh, we had a good visit and they just stayed for just a short little bit because Darren was getting tired. And so on their way out the door, 
that I was showing them to their car, Pam turns around and so nonchalantly looks at me and goes, hey, I was praying for you the other day, and I'm supposed to tell you God wants you to start Win the Day production. And she, like, skipped out the door. <laughs> and I closed the door, and I was like, I turned and looked at Darren, and our eyes were like, I, I mean, everything in our world just stopped. I was, how could we not have seen this, that this was our project for once we are through this season and chapter or story of our life, that, that this is something we're supposed to build on or something here. So it was fun over, I think it was maybe six or eight weeks. Darren and I wrote a mission statement together. We wrote down some different values, sort of the different elements we saw when the day coming together. I actually designed a website for it and we kind of had things prepped and ready to go kind of laid out roles even between the two of us it was really fun to kind of think and plan about that um but once he had um passed away it just I just couldn't do it it just didn't feel right to do it by myself I didn't have the capacity I felt just depleted in every way being a caretaker for someone that is ill I mean I vowed I would do it and I would do it again but that was the most difficult thing I have ever experienced times a hundred and I just was there was nothing left in me and and I really needed to take care of myself and so it was something that I literally put on the shelf and totally forgot about then with the restructuring um recently of this of our um health and wellness company that we were working for you know it was like the news broke about that and there was just kind of mass chaos and I was talking to people that this was affecting and wanted to make sure that they knew what was going on. So it was about four days or five days that I was on the phone basically straight. And so I remember finally Sunday night, I was going to bed, um, just mentally, physically exhausted. And it was kind of like this prayer that I threw up to God. I was like, okay, God, now what, you know? And instantly it was, Win the day productions, kind of like when you're talking with a friend and they're waiting like for the you to finally stop talking so they can just interject and tell you what they've been thinking. It was like, finally, I can tell you. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot. And then it's like, well, what does this look like? And kind of getting pictures of that and spent time, you know, over the next couple of days brainstorming and thinking and um working with a business coach of mine to kind of flush out what this idea would look like talking with other respected family and friends that uh, are, are very like entrepreneurial minded and getting insight from them about what this could look like. And it just kind of continued to grow and evolve and go from there. And so uh, I launched that worked a little bit on it this summer with my kids, uh, with my kids, actually they, they play all, but with them being back in school this fall, it's kind of been all hands on deck for me. And there's a couple different elements to it. Um, but currently, uh, I've got a website. I'm doing some writing, which has been really wonderful, um, therapeutic, and also a skill that I haven't used in a long time that I forgot how much I love. Some speaking, which is also something that I have found over the last several years of having our own business that I really enjoy doing, as well as some uh, business and life coaching. And then also we just launched an apparel store because when we had those original run of those one the day shirts, honestly, like daily since we ran those, I have other people saying, when are you going to do more? When's going to come back? Try this. How about that? How about this? And so then that's been something that we just launched and are doing a short run on. Um, that's been really fun to work on. Yes. Oh, thank you for explaining that and talking us through that and like how wild that she was just like, I'm supposed to tell you this, like, <laughs> this is, this is what's <laughs> happening. And then she just leaves. <laughs> And then it was like so flippantly, like it just was yeah. like, oh, hey, have a great day. Oh, by the way, here's this like mind blowing thing that's going to change your life. <laughs> I just, it just cracked me up because, I mean, you know, sometimes it's like when things are right under your nose, those are the things you can't see. So that was the first thing, but also too, that it was just so nonchalant. And it's like, that was probably one of the top, what, I don't know, I guess it's still to be said, but three or four most influential conversations I've ever had. And it was four seconds long. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And that's really cool that then when you were trying to figure out like, you know, what do I do? What's next? You know, and then that pops up. Oh, how neat. That is just, mm -hmm. that is fantastic. You know, I think moments like that, um, you know, based on each person's, of course, own uh, beliefs, but I really believe that those help guide us 
and um, that, you know, feedback that we can get from other people and feedback that we feel and know in our hearts. Like when you um, can follow that, you, you just don't even know how great the path can be truly. That could not be more true for me. And I think, I don't know if you're familiar, your listeners are familiar with the Enneagram, but I'm basically completely obsessed, which that's a whole nother conversation, but that's what been one of the most self-reflective tools I've come across for myself in the last couple of years. And through that, one of the things that I've learned is I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and so it's, when I, when I was younger, it was more about being a correct person. Like I am right you are wrong. <laughs> this picture is crooked. Your shirt is untucked. Like it was more like these nit- it was nitpicky. But as I've had a lot of opportunity for self growth and reflection, the last, I don't know, decade of my life, I've really been able to let go of a lot of that. And it's still a continual, a continued process for me. And, but there's been so much freedom I found in stepping away from perfectionism and having all the answers before you start. It's just, it's not, it's not practical. It's not a way to live. It's not enjoyable. And who honestly has the right answer and what does the right answer even mean? And so when the day has been such a great outlet for me to really practice what I preach with that. And I don't, I mean, I have a general idea of where I want to go, but I'm also holding this so open-handed to see like where God wants to take this. And if there's a different avenue or channel I'm supposed to explore, if there's a different category or type of people I'm supposed to work with or message I'm supposed to carry. I want to be open to all of that. And it's been interesting because people have been asking a lot about this when the day clothing launch that it, that we've done. And I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I've never launched clothing. I've never had an online store, but I'm just going to figure it out and give myself grace and love in the process to explore something new and learn something new and know that I will be the best way to perfect something, you know, quote unquote, perfect it is to learn about it as you go and just know that it's about the process and it's, it's, it's not about being perfect. And that has been a major theme for me that has been fun to play out with Monday Day Productions. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, um, also I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, I'll come to that. (laughs) And so I absolutely understand how like, you know, we do want things to be perfect. Right. But, but the reality is, is that like done is better than perfect truly. And there's, there's not much we can't come back from. Like I often will tell people that when I work with them client wise, you know, I'm like, you know, that was really, really hard and really let's be real, probably sucked, but you can come back from that. Like there's not much you can come back. I mean, there are things even, you know, people go to prison and they come back and live perfectly fantastic lives. I mean, there's bankruptcy. I mean, there's so many things and we can figure it out. Just like you said, we can figure it out along the way and um, end up where we're supposed to be. And a lot of times meet some really cool people that we wouldn't have otherwise. Totally. I totally agree. You know, um, I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about, um, th- you know, the win the day and like, what do you think Darren would think about the the progress that you've made and, and where you're at with that? Do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I don't, I don't know what he would think about this. Um, I mean, I, I really think he would be proud of me um, and the kids and just, he would be excited to know that this message that was meant for him also has translated over to so many other people that they could connect with personally to carry forward in the way that they were meant to. He would absolutely not want to be in the middle of this or a spotlight at all. Um, he would want to be, you know, in the back pushing everyone and cheering everybody on um, most, most definitely. And I remember reading an article, um, I don't know, about six months after he passed away. And what was so interesting is I did not expect how much self growth would come from such deep loss. I didn't expect there to be so much personal uh, involvement, I guess. And that's been really surprising to me. Um, but also, like, I mean, I've really enjoyed that, like learning more about myself. And I'm certainly someone that's going to press in and lean into that. But it's odd because it's, the one person I would really love to talk and process that with is Darren and I can't because he knew the before me and, you know, I would love to share the after me with him. And so it's, but obviously I can't because I would have never been this person had it not been for 
his loss. And a couple months after Darren passed away, I, I, I'm like obsessed with the ocean. The beach is like my happy place. Yes. And so I actually went for a long weekend by myself and it was amazing. Take a vacation by yourself if you can, even if it's just a hotel room for like 24 hours, if you can do it, I could not recommend it more highly. But I remember I had not really any plans just for these couple of days at the beach. And I was reading and napping and walking the beach and just really casual. And I remember I was walking down the shoreline and I was just kind of processing, kind of soaking in the moment. And I felt like, oh, I know what it was. I was reading a book, The Rhythm of Life by Matthew Kelly. And the theme in that book was becoming your best self. And we become our best self by helping other people pursue their best self. And so this this kind of circle of fulfillment, which I thought was really great. And I just love the versatility with that, that it looks just like when the day, your best self looks different for everybody else in every season and every day. So I love that. And so I remember asking myself, when is the best version of myself that I've ever been? And immediately the answer that came to mind was right now. Right now, I am the very best version of myself that I've ever been. I thought that and then I immediately felt an extreme amount of guilt. Because how on earth, as a, as a widow, I guess, at 33, who lost her, you know, spouse two months ago and is now a single mom, how could I, in this moment, be the best version of myself? I just felt so guilty even thinking that. And then as I continued to process this thought, it was, there is no guilt to be, to be felt here. And that Darren's great life, though it was short, was a, was a really good life. And his life was gifted to me to be able to fully absorb and understand the shortness of life and that nothing is really guaranteed. And so his gift of a short life was to teach me to live mine to the fullest, no matter what. And there is no guilt that should be wrapped up in a gift like that. It's completely counterproductive. Just like when we give people gifts on Christmas, we don't want the receiver to feel guilty. We, we do it out of love and joy and selflessness and excitement and thought. And that is exactly how the loss of Darren's life was supposed to be received as a gift to me. Thank you so much, Truly, for sharing that. You know, I I just am in awe of, of your ability to go through so many hard things and to find a way, like find a way through these hard things and give yourself grace and find appreciation truly at every moment. You can hear that as you're talking, like every single moment. And um Quite honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to be cheesy here, but it's truly an honor to be able to sit down with you and talk no. about that. Truly. You're sweet. It's a, it's, a, it's a big mix of things, a lot of which don't have much to do with me, except the fact that I'm pretty stubborn and I sort of say, like, I'll be damned to let life kick me in the teeth and think that I'll be able to get away with it. Yes. <laughs> like, I say that with a laugh and a smile, like, because really, truly, it's just, I, I'm, I'm just not going to let something like that win. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and that, that really takes me back to, to the, the win the day. Like you were literally winning the day. You were literally taking that back. Like, nope, this is mine. I'm going to take that. I'm going to have some ownership. That is so fantastic. You know, it, it brings me to another thing that I would love to talk to you about. It's about your parenting style. I am just like amazed Especially, you know, I haven't, um, obviously, you know, Lainey, she's five, right? Is that what you said? She's five. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously she's a little bit younger, but, um, I know that you've had Dawson on a few times, you know, talking through some of his thoughts and his thought processes, I feel like are very, very mature. And like, it's just, it's impressive that he has the ability to think the way that he does. And that has to speak volumes to you and Darren and the way that you guys have parented him. You know, I don't even know how to answer that because I feel like I can take so little credit for him. (laughs) I don't know. He just is, I'm just amazed by that, by by both kids. You know, Dawson's obviously 10 versus Lainey being five. So he's had more time to sort of come into himself. Um, And he's, you know, more uh, extroverted where Lainey's a little more introverted. So his gifts sometimes are a little bit more obvious, but 
both have been gifted so uniquely, but I, how that boy's mind works is unbelievable to me. And I don't know that I have very much to do with that other than I am present. I, I, I make sure to be around a lot. I really do value our time together. And I also like to let, to ask him lots of questions and also have him live as though he has no limitations on him. I know that was something that was really big with Darren too, but with, with teaching our kids, I really want him with every fiber of his being to understand and believe that he can do absolutely anything. And I really believe that he believes that. (laughs) And so when your belief level is high in yourself and your abilities and in what's possible, you're going to take greater action because your beliefs are so high. And then when you're taking greater action, you have bigger results. And so it just sort of like feeds that cycle. And I think he, even at his young age, has had the opportunity to be able to do that. And it's been fun to process with him and see where his brain goes. Um, you know, I mean, we're I'm a big podcast and audiobook person. And so I've got that on the car a lot. And so I know he pays attention and we have good conversations about that, but I think I just got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. I love that. You know, um, I heard a quote once, which I think um, very much would apply to, to you and to your kids is that um, it was from Ed Milet. I, I, know a little bit about him, but not too much. But what he said was so powerful to me. It's that our children are seeing life through the prism of their parents. And so what we have Mm -hmm. allowed our children to believe can happen is, Mm -hmm. is able that then they're able to see that and they're able to even succeed in that. So I think back to my dad has owned his own business my entire life and even before I was born. And so in my mind, of course, it makes sense to own your own business because I know that's possible. But had I not experienced that, maybe I won it. And so because they know that you're able to chase after whatever dreams you want and figure it out and do it and love people and win the day and all of it, they're going to be able to live their lives like that. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been really fun. You know, so Darren started writing a book, um, which unfortunately he wasn't able to finish. And I have started writing a, a book. And through that, Dawson was like, Hey, well, if you guys are writing a book, then I'm going to write a book. And so he started writing. And it's been so fun to see his little brain process things and how he'll look at a situation or he'll experience something. And then his perspective on it, it's just been unbelievable. And it's been so fun to talk about that with him and be like, you got that idea from this experience? You've got to be kidding me. He's working on a, because uh, I'm giving him assignments. So he's he's a contributor for my blog. And so he's got a, a blog post coming up about kindness. And he did an acrostic poem. And I think it was the second S in kindness. He put um, sadness cop mode on. And I'm like, what does sadness cop mode have to do with kindness? And so he talked about it being a perspective that you have your cop mode on and sense that you're being aware of other people's moods and their body language and their attitude and their tone. And if you feel like you're sensing sadness in someone that, that needs a kind friend or gesture that you're, you have the eyes to see that because you're in your, your sadness cop mode. I was like, that is awesome. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just so sweet to think about the eyes of a 10 year old, how simple things, I mean, we overcomplicate things, or at least I do. And, and the simplicity of a 10 year old has to offer is pretty awesome. Oh, that is. That's so cool. I can't wait to see what both of them are going to do. That's going to be really awesome to see. (laughs) And I'm someone who I often think about like future generations too, you know? And so if they decide to have a family, like what impact they can have in the world. And that is so cool to be able to think about that. Exactly. So I'm wondering if we can change gears a little bit and go back to the win the day apparel, because I am like, I am so excited about it. I really had to like, be like, okay, Kelly, don't buy everything. Just like focus in on what you need in this. Okay, you can. We'll, <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So it is, first of all, it's just absolutely beautiful. I also have to give you so much credit for your pictures absolutely beautiful and like the there was some um like flat lays I think they call them absolutely gorgeous like it feels very much like every part of it um was very well thought out and like orchestrated so I just have to tell you that I'm just really impressed with that 
Thank you. Um, my friend Kate actually from Eloise and Peace to get the photography credit for that. I didn't do that. That was for her vision that she had come to life. She's very talented. And, you know, I'm so fortunate to be connected to so many gifted and highly talented and capable leaders in so many different fields and arenas, which is where I really see when the day production's going and the store is a small sampling of that. And what I mean by that is within the store, you know, I have different, you know, t-shirts and, and sweatshirts and different things like that. But there's also a lot of collaborations that will be seen through that store. So for example, my sister-in-law, she's an incredibly talented um, calligraphy artist. And so she hand wrote um, Win the Day, which you'll see on a couple of t-shirts and sweatshirts. And I have um, a friend, Alicia, who's really a gifted watercolorist. And she took some of the quotes from some of the things I've written and she made affirmation cards off of them. Uh, and then I also have my friend, Megan, who is um, a jewelry artist was able to create some really beautiful handmade Wednesday necklaces. And so it's fun to collaborate with other like-minded people and help elevate them in their business because when the day is not about any one person, it's about a movement and it's about a community and it's about connection. And so this store is one of the ways that I want to do that partner with other people to elevate their gifts and their talents and to get to show them off. And so it's been fun to be able to have like, an actual practical way to be able to serve other people and edify um, how that they've been made. Yeah, that's great. You know what I think is interesting too is a lot of times when we're starting things like this, I don't think people always look to those who are around them. But a lot of times there are so many talented people in our lives that if we honestly just put some feelers out, does anybody know? Like just the other day I was asking, does anybody know someone who can make like coffee mugs? And had a whole bunch of responses to that. And how cool to be able to team up with someone about that, you know? And so I love that there are so many different parts and people in your life that you've been able to collaborate with and, um, and, and really not only be beneficial both business-wise, but just in life. You know, it feels good to collaborate with people and do good things in the world. Absolutely. And to be able to, I'm, I'm not a center stage kind of girl. I'm, I'm the backstage. I'm working back in the back of the room. And so that's how I want to run win the day productions that it's not about me. It's not about what Becky can do. It's not about anyone. Per- it's not about what Darren can do. It's about, it's about other people's skills and talents. And so it also takes the pressure off of me of having to know everything and have all the answers figured out because I've got friends that are talented in building leadership in nonprofit or in, you know, stay at home moms that are incredible leaders and have great, uh, mindsets about how to run their home efficiently and and friends who are talented financial coaches and personal trainers and nutritionists and so I don't want to be in your lane you've already I've already got people in so many different lanes that are doing incredibly amazing things and so to be able to connect and elevate them and you know really have when the day be almost like an educational resource for people to come to um, and and build a network of leaders is you know really the the big overall arching theme that I see happening. Yeah, I think that is just such a fantastic perspective too to be wanting just to elevate everyone essentially because what's truly what's good for one of us is good for us all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Absolutely. wondering can can I'm just kind of curious like can you share a little bit about the coaching perspective of things? I'd love to learn more about that and be able to share with the listeners like what that looks like and yeah, uh, to be honest, it, it's continually evolving. The the more that I'm uh, that I'm learning about myself and other people. Um, currently it sits at a six week program and the person that, that win the day coaching is designed for is someone who feels like, what am I doing with my life? Like, where am I supposed to, what lane is my own? What skills do I have? What is my superpower? What comes next for me? And I think a lot of us get to a space in our life, whether it's in our twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, where all of a sudden we start to question where we've been and what we're doing and is this what I was meant for? And so I really want to connect with those people, really dig in and understand who they are, what they value, what's important to them, their strengths, their their setbacks, and kind of take all of these puzzle pieces and, and, and put them in a picture and align them with a mission that is really able to be a, a lens for them to make decisions moving forward. And so 
as you know, as a therapist, <laughs> it's hard for people to see what's right under our nose. And so by no means am I a therapist at all, but for me to help people take their different pieces and organize them in a way where they can see their strengths easily and be able to equip them to really run after what's important to them is what that's designed for. So now it's one-on-one, -on -one, but in the winter, I'm looking at turning that into more of like a group uh, session. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. And you know, I think back to before I really realized like where I was going in life and I just keep thinking about like, that would have been so fantastic to have. Then. <laughs> like what an excellent, what an excellent resource to have and to be able to like figure some of that out. Um, and I, I do agree. Like when we are looking at our own lives, sometimes we're too close to it and we almost need an outside perspective. And so for you to be able to offer that to people is pretty great it's really about holding the space, right? And and it's not anything that I say that's going to be life-changing or life-altering, but it's the accountability and holding the space. And then you go and do the work on your own. And then you come back and talk about what you learn and, you know, just really asking questions and getting people to really think about um, what makes them unique. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. You know, I'm wondering, um, as we're wrapping up here, can I ask you a few questions I ask everyone? Please. All right. So are you familiar with Brene Brown? I'm obsessed with Brene okay, Brown. Okay. Like, <laughs> so when I go to lunch with her someday, do you want to go with me? I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, yeah, please. <laughs> I, I keep throwing that out to the universe. I'm like, one of these days it's going to happen. I'll be hiding happen. in the bushes out front. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she is fantastic. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, there was that, on a random side note about Brene, real quick, um, there was that movie, uh, what was it? Like Wine Country or something? Have you seen it? It was on like Netflix. It was about this old group of friends and they got together and Brene Brown made an appearance. And they were like asking her a question and I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was something about like having healthy boundaries. And then she just stared at them like, leave me alone. It was the best thing. I loved it. Yes, it was really fantastic. So, so anyway, with Brene Brown, she has her book, Braving the Wilderness. And um, in there she talks about, you know, this is again, my, um, my perspective of it but basically what it is is it's about taking steps you know taking a step into the darkness alone um, but really finding yourself and finding others along the way so I'm wondering if you can share about a time where you feel like you've really really stepped in that wilderness great question I feel like basically every part of my life right now feels like I'm in the wilderness <laughs> and you know I feel like I had my life planned out. I, I knew, or so I thought, what it was going to look like, what kind of trips we were going to take, how we're going to raise our kids, like what, um, where are we going to retire? And not even like in a, in a high expectations way, but just like in a life plan kind of a way. And once that's all stripped from you and you find yourself in the middle of a wilderness where nothing is familiar, you, you all of a sudden have to learn brand new, like, coping mechanisms to live your way out of the wilderness or, or new skill sets that you didn't have before, but now you need. And when you're, I, I kind of talk about it as the ocean, but the wilderness too, you know, I feel like I'm so far out away from anything that is recognizable that as terrifying as that is, there is also a huge sense of adventure mm -hmm. I find in that because who on earth even knows what I'm going to be doing a month from now or six months from now or six years from now, 60 years from now. I mean, it is anyone's guess <laughs> and I don't have an idea. And for someone who has really been loosening the grip on expectations and really leaning into and living out winning the day and just surrendering the outcome and just being 24 hours in it at a time, that is exciting to me. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. So, so everything feels, I mean, single parenting feels like braving the wilderness. Um, starting a new business feels like braving the wilderness. Um, dating feels like braving the wilderness and navigating like shoveling driveways and finances and parent teacher conferences. Like it's, it all feels new and foreign and awkward. And like I said, as terrifying as that is, it also is extremely exciting too. Yes. I love that perspective of, although this is scary, that really um, has, it, it, there's so many possibilities and it's like, where to now? Where to now? And so that's really cool that you're mm -hmm. keeping that perspective and staying present in that day and just going where you feel led. And um, mm -hmm. again, I think that that is 
one of our best ways truly to live life is to go where we feel led and um, figure it out along the way. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's all we can really do. Open hands. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. So, of course, the podcast is called Kelly and the Encourager. So I like to ask people, like, who sticks out in your mind as some of your biggest encouragers? It doesn't just have to be one person. I mean, that if, if you want it to, it can be. But that's a little bit hard to choose. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, being having gone through a season where I had to rely on the help of other people, which is very difficult to ask for, I learned so much about how to be a great encourager and care for people in times of need. And so sometimes it was even the people on the outest, farthest, most circles of my life that did little things like drop off a meal or send a card in the mail. Sometimes those things meant the most. Um, but also that inner circle, you know, and I, and I, everybody has one and, and you lean on it for different reasons. But I mean, I'm very close with my family. So obviously they played a very supportive role and, uh, and Darren's family too were very supportive. Um I have um, a couple really close girlfriends. I feel like that all kind of cared for me in really special and unique ways. Um, you know, one was kind of physical needs and was physically present with me and sat in a lot of hospital rooms um, with me and just physically showed up and, and helped care for a lot of my physical needs. And um, I have a friend that really cared for my more um emotional needs and kind of spiritual needs where she was just very, she, her and I um, talk on the phone. We basically have a standing like 10 30 PM appointment. Every night. And the sweet thing lets me process all my thoughts. Cause I don't have a lot of people I can do that with. And then I've also got a really good girlfriend that sort of mentally I've, I've gone to, to help with that stuff. She became a widow and is a single mother of three and has gone through a lot of similar life experiences and is able to speak to such unique spaces and connect such unique things to me. And I remember when I met her, Darren was actually alive and um, was going through treatment. And, and I think God, like, I think I met maybe like five young widows in the course of like six or eight months. And I was like, okay, I can see the dots that are being connected here, you know, but those women who are young, you know, and, and had very walked a very similar path to what I did. I mean, she was, she was able to speak to such, tender spaces that very, very few other people can understand. So I'm just fortunate to be very, I'm, I'm a one-on-one relationship person. I'm not like a big group, but these one-on-one relationships that I have have been like absolute pillars for me. Oh my goodness. And I love that you really are able to identify how each person has impacted your life and um, really help strengthen that relationship and, and support you and just come alongside you from all aspects so you really have a unique gift in picking that up. Well, thank you. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I just am so fortunate for those people, you know, and yeah. seeing, seeing that. And I mean, I would literally not be standing without them. I mean, they literally carried me through the, some crazy moments. And so it's just eyes open to be able to notice those things, which I'm, I'm thankful to be able to, to see. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I'm wondering, can you tell the listeners where to find you on social media, websites, all of that, so they can follow your journey? Yes, please. I would. I, I love social media. So come and, come and connect. I would love to, to get connected and follow each other's stories and cheer each other on. So um, the website with the blog and with the store right now that's open um, is winthedaypro.com. And then on Instagram, my handle is winthedaypro. And also on Facebook too, the handle is win the day pro. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you remind us real quick, um, the date that the shop will be open until it's open until November 17th. Oh my gosh. Only a few more days. Yeah. A few more days. Um, and with, with hopes that it'll open up again in January with a much more limited, you know, quantities of things offered. Like I said, this is my um, braving the wilderness. And so I <laughs> didn't want to bite off more than I was willing to commit to or understand or, or if I would get into something and feel like, oh my gosh, but it's been really fun. And, you know, knock on wood, it's been really pretty seamless and a fun thing to do. So we'll, we'll do some more collaborations and partnership in the future. 
Um, but that will, you know, probably open up end of January. Okay. That's good for listeners to know, cause I'm not sure they'll be able to hear this by then. So if, if they can't, then, um, they should keep their eyes open, especially in January though, for, for more. And I certainly will share um, my shirt when it comes in. I cannot. I already know. I'm um, actually, I was thinking, I'm like, Oh, too bad. You're so far away. Cause I'm going to be holding a women's conference and I would have loved for you to be present for that, but I'm definitely going to sport the shirt during it. I have a hundred percent. So I'll have a little piece of there so I just you you know I just really appreciate you taking the time today and again I just love your mission and love your heart and um, appreciate you sitting down with us well thank you so much for having me I've just loved your perspective and I am such a like lover of questions and yours have been very thought-provoking so I appreciate you turning those on me to be able to think about and just your audience and your listeners what you're offering for them just to offer a deeper sense of connection so thanks for doing that for me and for everybody else too Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.